0: You are listening to The Christian Commute, a commute-length podcast about Christian apologetics, theology, and other matters of Christian interest. Here is your host, Seth Dunn. It's Tuesday, June 18th. This is The Christian Commute. I am your host, Seth Dunn, and you are riding home with me from the office in Dalton, and guess what? Usually, there is no Wednesday show, that's tomorrow, because I work from home. But my employer is having some kind of state of the union, state of the company meeting tomorrow, and then we're having a lunch afterwards. And I thought to myself... I should probably make a personal appearance at this meeting. It's one of those things like, yeah, I think I'm high up enough where I have to come to this on my work from home day, even though I could stay at home and stream it. It's one of those times you want to you show your face. So I'm going to show my face at work tomorrow on my work from home day. And let me just tell you this you knew me personally you you just agree. the less i show my face to anybody the better off i am not because i'm not good looking just because i'm, I'm hard to be around sometimes but uh, i will show my face for the meeting tomorrow which means i'll have an unscheduled trip to work and an unscheduled christian commute and I was thinking to myself, maybe I'll just work from home on Friday. Well, that's ping pong day. And I think I've, I'm getting my strength and my health up to where I can play a couple games of ping pong. My chest is still kind of tight. and <clears throat> I still have a bit of a cough, but I'm almost at 100%. We'll see. I do not have a full show today. No one has sent in a question. So we're still in sort of a question drought. If you do have a question about Christian theology and apologetics, you can write to Seth Dunn 88 at gmail.com, SethDunn88 at gmail.com. Or you can dial 470-315-0875. The Christian Commute is your theological... Roadside assistance, and apparently nobody needs any. Today's show title is Roy's Reporting. We're going to talk about Julie Roy's and the Roy's Report. Uh, I posted an article on Pull Pit and Pin this weekend because I hadn't posted an article in forever. Because I usually try to, to write once a week. And I was just like, I don't feel like it. I don't feel good. I'm not doing it. So stuff kept happening that I wanted to podcast about. Like Stephen Furtick leaving the SBC. Janet Mefford calling Julie Roy a grifter. Uh, J.D. Greer and his dumb thing, which I talked about a couple of days ago. Greg Locke meeting with Benny Hinn. Things that would have warranted an article. And I tried to do it once a week, but I couldn't do it. So I wrote an article this weekend. I said, here's the things that I wanted to write about. Just like little summaries about them. Short and to the point. Julie Royce was on that. So you can read that article at Pit and Pen. That's what I'm going to be talking about. But I wanted to make this announcement for you readers of Pit and Pen. Something is wrong. The site... If you try to go through like a Facebook link, gets redirected to one of those, you've won a prize, click here type sites. Some hacker got in there somehow and hijacked it. And I don't know how to fix it. I think I've got the hacker gone. Because they had, they'd set up a little ID. But I have no idea how they set up the website because I don't know about these things. I don't have anything to do with the administration of the website except my credit card pays the bill. The monthly bill to the hosting company that hosts the WordPress site. And I, I pay the bill for, for GoDaddy to, for the domain. Because Jordan gave me org. He gave me the domain. And I have just no clue. Like, what any of the background stuff means, like the themes, the plugins, and all. I, don't, I have no idea. If anybody knows how to do that and wants to help me, please email me if you know how to do that. Uh, Jeff Maples, sort of, if anything needs to be changed, he fixes it for me because he knows how to do that stuff. But you guys know, pull pit and Pen is not. Some enterprise it used to like it used to make a lot of money because it had ads and a lot of people read it. But you guys know I don't have it set up for that. It's just I'm just trying to recoup the thirty dollars a month I have to pay for the web hosting because I want to keep pulpit and pen and the archive of, of important articles there going because I think those really help people. Um, Protester, I'm sorry, protestia and dissenter are really churning out the articles. I'm not. I don't, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, Jeff and David and Dustin have time for that. I don't. Anyway, some hijackers jacked up my site. So now you can't get on Facebook and read my posts at Pull Pin because Pen, it redirects you. Hopefully I'll somehow get that fixed. And I don't know how. But anyway, we're going to be talking about Julie Roy's and the Roy's Report, who I don't think I've talked much about on the Christian commute before. But first, and as always, we're going to do the Bible chapter review. We're in Matthew chapter 23 still. We're going through the woes. The woes. Jesus is saying, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's had enough of their questioning Him and he is condemning them and saying, Woe to you for various reasons. So we're in verses 13 and 14 in the series of woes. Starting with verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. For you do not enter yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses. And for pretense you make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Now that verse 14, by the way, if you're reading it in a paper Bible or on some of the Bibles on the internet, it's going to have brackets around it with the little notes that say early manuscripts do not contain this verse. So I don't know if the original monograph, I'm sorry, autograph, if the autograph of Matthew had verse 14. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, by way of reminder, an autograph is an original document. And then a monograph would be a copy of that document. And eventually you have documents in manuscripts of Matthews and collections of books. That's what the Bible is, Biblia, a collection of books. But the earliest manuscripts do not have verse 14. And I have no idea if it was originally in there. It sounds like something Jesus would have said. I'll say that. It it sounds authentic. So maybe he really said it, but it wasn't in the original autograph of, of Matthew. And somebody was like, well, you know, this is a saying of Jesus that we attest to. Let's put it in here. I don't know. I'm just telling you it has the brackets. So here you have the Pharisees and the scribes sitting in the seat of Moses judging people, telling them what they need to do. But they're a bunch of phonies. He calls them hypocrites, actors, people playing a role. In other words, they don't genuinely believe and genuinely feel. But they're getting in the way of people who do. There are genuine believers who want to do the right thing, but the Pharisees are jamming them up with the way they act, keeping them from getting in. The kingdom of heaven is how Jesus puts it and then in the bracketed verse he makes a point about how uh, for pretense they make long prayers their long public look at me prayers are a part of the act and remember what jesus said don't go around praying on the streets with many words so that people uh, will see you pray in private your father in heaven sees you and he knows what you need So that lines up with what Jesus said about prayer. So here you have the Pharisees in their long tasseled garments with their big phylacteries, making these long prayers for everybody to see. But it's a pretense, he says, they devour widows' houses. What is true religion, according to the book of James? It's to visit widows and orphans in their distress. The Pharisees should be helping the widows, but instead they're devouring their houses. They're not looking after them. They're just doing stuff for show instead of really helping people. And they're awful. And Jesus says, Woe to you. And with that, we end the Bible chapter of you. And I say, Woe to you, gray car, in front of the white Kia in front of me, for you drive slow in the left lane. When people are trying to get home to their families. You act like you want to be going fast and traveling, but you're actually going slow in the left lane. Really slow. Good grief. Now I have to summon what little power my Kia Soul has to pass these people. It's not an out-of-stater. I would have thought it was. Let's see. How may I judge these people further? They have bumper stickers you can't read. They use a Macintosh. I don't like that. They have a D.A.R.E. Drug Abuse Resistance Education. How many kids have gotten the D.A.R.E. education and took drugs in middle school anyway? Ron John Sherfstab Key West. Their, uh, Their windows are so tinted I can't see them. But you're just awful. It's a Chevy. I don't know what kind of Chevy it is. I now made a big show out of passing them. Do you not see that you shouldn't get over what's wrong with you? Oh, they don't love their neighbor. What an inconsiderate person. I'm so glad to be, I'm just, I'm not going fast and I'm blowing them away. Get out of the lane. Oh, horrible. Nate, you know what? Maybe it's, maybe it's some 17 year old riding with her grandma and the grandma was like, don't go too fast. And the 17-year-old kid is like sitting there don't know what to do. Uh, anyway. Look at me being charitable. I'm not a charitable partner. Pro- maybe, maybe this is their problem. No, they're wrong. Anyway, let's get back. Ooh, three meat sandwich at Bucky's. What do they got there? Is it turkey brisket and pork? I haven't had their turkey. Their Their pork's not any good. All right. Since there's no question, which would be, which is the best part of the show when I have them, we'll move on to the show topic. Roy's reporting. Julie Roy's used to work for Moody Radio. She uh, was the host of a radio program. I think Jeff Maples went on. Was it Jeff? No, 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 no. It was Jordan. Jeff was going to go on the Roy's report to sort of informally debate another evangelical on whether or not Roman Catholics were Christians. But Jeff didn't want to go on. Jeff's more like a background person. He doesn't really do podcasts. So he sent Jordan to go on for him instead. I forget who Jordan debated. It was some empty suit from Big Eva, some ERLC type person. I don't know who it was. I can't remember. I just remember the guy was like, yeah, Roman Catholics are Christians. And Jordan was like, no, they're not because they preach a different gospel. Now, we all know maybe somewhere out there there's someone who is a Roman Catholic, like a member in good standing of a Roman Catholic church who's legitimately saved because they have come to understand the gospel in spite of the official Teaching of the Roman Catholic Church. Alright? So, I mean, we're talking about people who believe the official teaching of the Roman Catholic Church. Like the official teaching of what the gospel is. The Council of Trent. No, they, they believe we contribute works to our salvation. So, no, it's a different gospel. They're not saved. And they need to be evangelized. Because they think they are. Because they go to church and they believe in Jesus. Alright. <coughs> anyway, so that was the debate and that was done on Julie Roy's program. And that was the first time we in the Pulpit and Pen crowd had ever heard of Julie Royce. Well, eventually, Julie Roy's resigned from Moody Radio. There was some controversy... Uh, at, was it Wheaton College? Or, no, it was a Moody Bible Institute. There was some controversy. People weren't doing right at the Moody Bible Institute, and Julie, I think she was in the right, and she wouldn't stand for it, and I forget what it was, uh, but she eventually lost her, her job there over that. So now I think her full-time job, I, don't, I, th- I guess her husband works, and that's how they really make money, but I think her full-time job is the Roy's report. You guys might not know this, but if you put enough work into it. If you work full time at writing a Christian blog like with Christian news or like sort of a discernment blog like Pulpit and Pen or Dissenter or Protestia you can turn a pretty good profit. So I think that's what Julie Royce does. She writes the Royce Report. But if you've ever heard her, she kind of, remember I talked about like why am I talking like this and the NPR voice? She has sort of the NPR lady voice, the, the, the radio voice. She has long experience in Christian radio, and she made her bones in the uh, critical Christian blogging world on James McDonald. So, when somebody's a famous mega-pastor, but they're abjectly awful and they mistreat people, nobody wants to say anything about it, because, oh, this guy is all over the radio, and this guy is all over the podcast, and he sells lots of books, and he can be a kingmaker... Well, they're at Harvest Bible Church, which was founded by James McDonald, people started saying, sort of like they did with Driscoll, like this guy's kind of a scumbag. And Julie Royce believed them and reported on it. And James McDonald sued her. I think he sued Mancal Miller. Uh, Is it Miller? Mancal is a radio host, sort of like Howard Stern, but he's a Christian, so he's not so vulgar. And Mancal really gave a lot of publicity to how uh, bad James McDonald was. And the elephant's debt playing off the name of the Elephant Room, which was a James McDonald event, was the original blog I think former elders of the church who started to reveal just how unqualified for the ministry James McDonald was. And I think his suit against Julie was dismissed. I think he was eventually fired from Harvest Bible Church. Like, the people are right about him. Uh, I think just the other day, maybe about a month or two ago, James McDonald got arrested for battery. Uh, I don't know if he did it, but he was arrested for it. uh, Like, battering a woman after a traffic altercation. You know, I'm sitting here yelling at people on the freeway, but I'm not beating anybody up. So, Julie Roy's came out writing and blogging about that on the Roy's Report around that same time Steve Boffman who had long been a Ravi Zacharias uh, detractor who had figured out Ravi Zacharias was a phony uh, was doing some work into this uh, the spa the Church of Eden spa that Ravi Zacharias opened uh, with a guy named Anurag Sharma who uh, I found I've mentioned him on the show before. I've, I've talked to him, Ravi's former business partner. And then they, they turned it into sort of an Ayurvedic Eastern spa. Oh, what was the name of it? It was a spa in Alpharetta. it was like, why does Ravi Zacharias own a massage parlor? And then, I mean, all the stuff just came out about what Ravi Zacharias had been doing in his massage parlor and on his cell phone and uh, with the woman he was sexting in Canada, the married woman he was sexting in Canada, and it all came crashing down, and Ravi Zacharias uh, didn't quite die in infamy. He died of stomach cancer before the worst of the stuff came out, and Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, RZIM, had covered it up, and it was a real mess, and Julie Roy's reported on that. Eventually, that story got into Christianity Today. So that's what she became known for, is sort of taking down these big, unaccountable ministries that are run by abusers or jerks. But here's the thing, that doesn't happen every day. I mean, Ravi Zacharias' ministries were, was around for 40 years. That story happened in one year. Harvest Bible Church was around for years and grew, and James McDonald grew, and you know that story developed over time. You don't have that level of scandal from such prominent ministers every day. And to keep a website running, you really need that bad stuff to happen. If you're, going to be, if you're in the business of writing about the bad stuff, you need that to happen every three months. And you can do series of stories on it. Like, it's not just one post. like You do a series. And what Julie Royce is really good at doing is getting people to talk to her. Because I remember trying to talk to uh, Anurag Sharma, and he wouldn't talk to me, but he talked to Julie. He eventually would talk to me. Somehow, she gets people to open up and talk to her, uh, people who are unwilling to talk, and she'll report on it. So good for her in having that skill, but Julie Royce needs to sort of feed her business model of... there's. There's, there's a lack of accountability in, in, big evangel, in the evangelical industrial complex. Like, no kidding, Julie. And the byline or the motto of her blog is restoring the church. Sort of like a Reformation thing. Like, we're restoring the church. But to do so, she needs somebody to go after. And she eventually went after John MacArthur. And the story like, John MacArthur has a house near the beach. Like, look at his big house, and it's just sort of like a typical house in California that's near a beach. John MacArthur is really rich, because not only is he the pastor of his church, and I think he's the head of the Master's Seminary in some way. Like, he's built sort of a little, I don't want to call it an empire, but he's got a big church, and he's got a seminary uh, in Independent Baptist World, by the way, when the head pastor is like the man... His sermons are really popular, so they're all over the radio, and they're all over the internet, and his books. He's written a lot of books. He's got a very famous commentary series, which is basically just his New Testament sermons put into commentaries by Phil Johnson. They're not academic commentaries, but they're very popular. So John MacArthur has a lot of money, and I think a lot of his family works for him, and like, Julie Roy's, like, jumped all over John MacArthur, like, sort of like looking for a problem. This one lady at John MacArthur's church was encouraged to get back with her husband, and he turned out to be an abuser. And it's like, really? An independent Baptist church told somebody not to divorce uh, her husband? Imagine that. And Julie Roy, they were sending people to, to class during COVID, and, you know, making people who didn't want to go feel bad. And Like, what do you expect from the IFB? <clears throat> So she, she tries to muckrake on John MacArthur. And and that's sort of the problem with Julie Royce. She sees, like, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. But she doesn't really have strong theological grounding. Because she'll platform people like Kyle J. Howard. And Karen Swallow Pryor. And really, the lady who was involved in Blackmailing Ravi Zacharias, you know, like like she's a victim. Like you're a grown woman. I don't know if you're a victim in this. You know, so if you if you forget, Ravi Zacharias was like going to countersue the woman who wanted a settlement, and you know, is this blackmail? Is it not? I forget. I forget that woman's name. She was Canadian. So, if you and I've spoken to Julie Royce on the phone and I remember the first time I talked to her, uh, we had a mutual contact, uh, and Julie Royce wanted some story on something Pull Pit and Pin had worked on. And I said, Give the guy my give or I told the guy I said, Give Julie my number. She's gonna have to call me. She's gonna have to talk to Pull Pit and Pin if she wants this story. I'm not just gonna like Go through an intermediary. Don't act like you're better than us was sort of my idea. So she called me, and she was really nice, and she gave me sort of the rundown of her history. And I think she had gone to Willow Creek, Bill Hybels's church. And as I talked to Julie Royce, I realized that this woman had been in, like, Big Eva her entire life and had never really gone to a solid biblical church, but just sort of one of these Evangelifish, Bill Hybels-type churches. And I realized that she's not very theologically grounded I mean, she would uh, she would probably agree with like a big tip, uh, tent statement of faith. But she wouldn't go after the kind of people Pulpit and Pen would go after. So let me contrast, say that Roy's reporting with Pulpit and Pen or Protestia or Dissenter in that we'll go after anybody, big or small, and it's over orthodoxy, like why would Julie Royce criticize Hillsong? Oh, well, because Brian Houston got a DUI or because Carl Lentz was unaccountable or because Carl Lentz was having an affair on his wife and it was being covered up. Like, why would Pulpit and pen or Protestia or Dissenter go after Hillsong? Cause their prosperity pimp heretics. Al Mohler, uh, I was going to say Al Mohler famously said, it's not famous, I just know he said it, Al Mohler said that Hillsong was the prosperity gospel for Millennials. Like, we go after Hillsong for their theology. Yes, there are scandals. And It's one of those things like Hillsong has generated two documentary series now. One I haven't watched. It's on Hulu. but one is on Amazon Prime and I forget who made it. Like, one was Discovery. One might have been A&E. I forget the sources. And when it happened, people were like, Seth, look look at this documentary about Hillside. I'm like, what did you expect? We've been reporting on the theological unfaithfulness of Carl Lentz and Brian and Bobby Houston and Christine Kane for years. They are theologically bad. They're evil. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. This is obvious with Hillsong and everybody they associate with, like Phil Pringle at C3, and like Louis Giglio, who goes to preach with them. They're bad. Like we will look at Annie Stanley and Louis Giglio and say, these two po- peas in a pod, seeker sensitive pod, are bad. Look at this Andy Stanley sermon. It is heretical. It is downplaying the inerrancy of scripture. He, he's going to be gay affirming. And then he was. But if you're going to get a Roy's report on Andy Stanley, it's never going to be because Wombaland is silly. By the way, Wombaland is the name of their kids' ministry. If you have a named kids' ministry at your church, it's because Bill Hybels and Andy Stanley started doing that stuff. So you don't go to the kids' ministry. You go to Wombaland. And I, but Wombaland exists to get kids in so their parents come. They're unbelieving. Un, they're, I want to tell you this. If you add up all the Roman Catholics in in Alpharetta, the amount of people saved at the Roman Catholic Church might be higher than the amount of people saved at Andy Stanley's church North Point. You know, I don't have any barn of research to back that up, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if I if I had a if I had a holy ghost vision and I could look into people's souls and see if they were saved or not. But you will find No Roy's reporting on the horrible seeker sensitivity and lack of respect for God's word and twisting of the Bible that gets done at Andy Stanley's church. If Andy Stanley cheated on his wife and embezzled money, Roy's would be all over him. And that's what I call Roy's reporting. It's let's find something negative against somebody big, but it's got to be financial or relationship in nature, like financial uh, misappropriation in nature, or something like uh, something sexual, like cheating on somebody, or something like something like browbeating a sheep. It's got to be some kind of abuse. It can't be you're just a heretic and you're wrong because she doesn't have the foundation for that. And. <clears throat> What she does, and this is just sad, and y- you can get really jaded and really angry if you go through a bad religious experience, but retain your faith and want to stay in Christianity. It's very easy. Uh, so, Julie Roy's was, you know, by all, all me, by all accounts, faithful Christian, serving at her watered-down church. And working for Moody Radio. Like, how great to be a Christian and work for Moody Radio. And then when something corrupt and wrong happened and she stood against it, she got fired. The people who were supposed to be good guys weren't the good guys. She tried to do the right thing, and she ends up on the chopping block. Now, that can stick with somebody and make them jaded. Some people are like, well, forget about church altogether. I'm going to leave the faith. Well, bye. And, and what is that? Is it Powers Booth? Bye. Who played Curly Bill in uh, in Tombstone? I think it was Curly Bill. I'm going to leave church because something bad happened to me. Bye. Deconstruct. You were never saved anyway. The Bible says you were never truly among us. Don't let the door hit your butt on the way out, non-believer. You know that sounds, Seth, that sounds so harsh. I don't, want, I don't want a bunch of tears among the wheat. But what you can also do is, well, I'm going to stay a Christian, and then I'm going to leave my denomination, and I'm just going to attack. And, by the way, that's what we try not to do at Pulpit and Pen and Protestia and Dissenter, because we've all had bad experiences in our denomination. Like, I've had the bad Southern Baptist experience from the local church to the highest level. All right? I spent money doing it, getting getting an MDiv. Okay? Somebody asked me, like, where do you go to church? First Baptist, like, I'm surprised that you go to a First Baptist. A First Baptist. And I was just like, you know, because there's First Baptist in every town. And I said, you know what? Gotta go somewhere. I, I, you know, talk about my experience. I'm still sitting there in Sunday school. At least they don't use Lifeway. You know what I mean? Like, gotta go somewhere. But, uh, Julie Royce to me seems uh, what we call butt hurt, And I don't want to downplay the bad experience she's had. But now what you have is the Royce report employing Evangelifish people like Bob Smiatana, who's run afoul of Pullpin before, sorted to do hit pieces on mega people. Especially if they're complementarian. Macho mega people. So the other day, while I was, you know, sick sitting around, can't do nothing, scrolling through my Twitter, and Janet Mefford is on there, and Julie Royce had done her middle school tactic of trying to get everybody to hate who she hates. Her mean girl tactic. What Julie Royce will do, this is like immature for anybody, will get on Twitter and say, well, you condemn this, but you're not condemning your friend who did this. You know, she finds somebody who's like popular and has a voice and s- tries to guilt them into shaming the people she thinks should be shamed. Like John MacArthur, and she did it to Janet Mefford. And Janet Mefford is not a lady you want to mess with. If you know anything about her. Now Janet Janet Mefford used to be on Christian Radio too. She doesn't do it anymore. I don't know if she has a podcast anymore. But Janet Mefford is conservative, like, legit conservative. And she doesn't talk with the NPR voice. She's more like, she will be critical if something's wrong. Jordan Hall got into it with Janet Mefford once, and he shouldn't have. I think he apologized to her later. And it's like, that's Jordan apologizing to somebody who got he got into it with. Miracles do happen. And he made up with Janet. Uh, so, Julie Roy's guilt-tweeted Janet Mefford. You can look this up. And then just Janet Mefford was like, you're a grifter. I don't trust your so-called journalism. What are your journalism uh, credentials? You just blah, blah, blah. I mean, she just went off. And it was one of those things like, grifter. That's exactly what Julie Roy's is, in my opinion, is... She sets up this Restoring the Church website and then goes after people and then asks for donations while she's going after people and says she's restoring the church. Well, not really restoring anything. You're just... You don't have the solution, lady, because you're an evangelic fish yourself. (coughs) So what you need to watch out for is his Roy's reporting. And and here's here's the thing. When Jordan Hall founded Pulpit and Pen, which was a Christian blog that went after Lifeway, went after Hillsong. People didn't do that when he started doing it. And like John MacArthur is a popular preacher who's critical of others. Like what other preacher do you know who would say Beth Moore go home, or Stephen Furtick, unqualified? And he's like a I. By the way, IFB people will do IFB people do that all the time. I, IFB people, um, they work heel. Do you IFB preachers? You know what I mean by that? Working heel. So in the professional wrestling world, you can work face. Like a babyface good guy, Hulk Hogan or Ricky Morton or Sting. Like Sting couldn't work heel if he. Like sometimes Sting will try to work heel and they still people cheer him anyway. So the baby-face is supposed to be he's the guy he's the good guy. He's he's the uh, the the person that people want to win. But then there's heels and the heels job is just to be insulting to insult the audience to insult people and to get heat that way. And they want to see that guy lose. And it bothers the audience every time he hits a move on the babyface. And there's finally a payoff when the babyface finally beats the heel. But there are certain people in the audience who root for the heels. Because they like when he gets up there and insults people. When like Rick Root gets up and, I want you Huntsville, Alabama, sweat hogs to listen up. Listen. You're about to see a real man. <laughs> and just ins- insulting people. The Rock is a really good heel. It's ins- you, you go in there and insult the town, insult people's sensibilities. But for, for whatever reason, this is why Stone Cold Steve Austin was so uh, popular. There's a certain level of, of redneck country person who likes heels. And if you listen to independent fundamentalist Baptist preaching, they work heel. They just get up and insult everybody else. And their congregation's like, yeah, everybody else but us is liberal. <laughs> so John MacArthur's independent fundamentalist Baptist, and he's in that vein where he just says, well, these people over here are horrible. He's usually right. And, you know, you, you hear those IFB guys, and they got the giant pulpit in their suit, and they got 10 associate pastors, hype men, sit, yes men, sit behind them, clapping, everybody, hey man, hey man, hey man. You know, most of the time they're right about what they're saying. Like, we went into Waffle House the other day, and a bunch of drunks came in. And I said, we don't want to be around you Sodom and Gomorrah drunks. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves wearing your Target rainbow shirt. And we just had it out with them in the Waffle House. Hey, man! And people cheer them. Like, who treats people that way? But they like it! So, John MacArthur says negative things. But he's he's over the target. So anyway, pull pin, pin. Jordan Hall started doing that to, to to people like, hey, Johnny Hunt, you're terrible. I don't care how big you are. Louisiana College, you're terrible. I don't care if you're my same denomination. Nam, you're Kevin Zell, you're terrible. And he started actually reporting on things. And evangelicalism that shouldn't be happening. And, you know, that's morphed into Protestant and Dissenter. And now you'll see Christian Post. And uh, there's a new website, Evangelical Dark Web. You know, you'll see uh, John Harris, uh, conversations that matter to some extent. Like, John made his bones about coming, uh, coming out against uh, the awokeness of crew. And reporting on the wokeness of crew when they tried to suppress the people who would say they were woke, like no, no, they're they're woke. Don't give your money there. And what went on at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary? So there is a there is an oper- There's a market, if you will, a business out there for to, to be to criticize Christianity or at least big Eva Christianity that didn't used to be there before. And it was really considered kind of low to do that. But now it's like, all right. There's plenty of sites that do that. But when you see all these sites, what you have to what you have to look at and you have to decide like who's a grifter who's hitting a market. Because there's there's money to be made there. Because you can draw money there. Because, you know, when you think, think of it from a pro-wrestling standpoint, the, the face isn't really a face, the heel isn't really a heel. They're just regular guys. They're friends in the locker room. They, they're playing a character that people want to see. So what you have to ask yourself is, who is the discernment blog or the Reformation blog who's, who's playing a character? And that's why it's so important to look at these people and their statement of faith and their theological beliefs. How biblically conservative and grounded are they? And, you know, I like to say, if you you look at the pulpit and pen and the contributors there, always have been very grounded Calvinistic Baptist people. You listen to me on this like, I'm just a super conservative person. I am not an like. I'm drawing down to the theology of it. If you listen to the last two shows I had about senior powers, or sorry, senior powers, senior pastors and all their senior power, it was like, what are the biblical qualifications? It's always drawing it back to the Bible. Making every everything, does this match up with Scripture? Why are we doing this? This is something different that it shouldn't be. So my critique of all that senior pastor stuff is cuz I don't think this matches up with the Bible. I think this matches up with the world. And we're trying to turn the church into a business. And we shouldn't be doing that. That's not biblical. It's not that oh, well, the senior pastors are men and they're misogynistic and they oh, they're trying to make millions off of people and they're, they're you know, they're trying to have the church buy their own books. Baba blah, blah. Listen, I don't care what the senior pastor makes. I care that there's no such thing as senior pastor in the Bible. So when you're looking at these sources out there, like Roy's report, you gotta say, all right, are they theological theologically grounded, or are they just looking for a beef to draw people to their website? Whether it be a blogger, a video maker, or a preacher, and I and let me use Greg Locke as a great example. <laughs> Greg Locke, the other day, shows up on a video sitting next to Benny Hinn, buddying up to Benny Hinn. And I was like, wow, this guy has jumped the shark further than I thought he'd ever jump it. Greg Locke is into deliverance ministry now. And I'm not sure if you guys know what deliverance ministry is. It comes out of the Pentecostal movement. So in some Pentecostal churches, you join the church, or maybe you get a staff position in the church that says, all right, you have to go to the deliverance ministry. And they start asking you questions about your background. Well, you need to be uh, delivered from the demon of overbearing parents you need to be delivered from the demon of sexual immorality you need to be delivered from the demon of addiction and they blame like negative states or habits on demons and you have to exercise these demons it's, a, it's sort of like in my opinion Scientology where you have to rid yourself of your thetans so you can be an operating thetan to get rid of all the bad stuff from your reactive mind But see, there are demons exist, but their demons are made. Like there are no demons of these things, so it's charlatanry. And Greg Locke has got involved in this, and now he's he's buddied up to Benny Hinn because the kind the kind of people who would believe in that are the kind of people who will believe in Benny Hinn because what I see are two charlatans sitting next to one another. But 20 years ago, Greg Locke wrote a book. Called Blinded by Benny, and when he wrote that book, he was an independent fundamentalist Baptist. He came—I think he went to Ambassador Bible College. They have there's no end of these unaccredited two-year uh, independent Baptist Bible colleges. I think we have one here in Cartersville. There, there, I found one in Calhoun near where I used to work. Uh, Tennessee Temple was accredited. I—that was an IFB college. I worked there. Uh, and I was just like, like, where are you gonna? Like, I was the only person they could find to teach a You need a CPA who's pre-millennial. And it's like, I, am the only one conservative enough to do this, you know? But you can't, you can't find the people. So when Greg Locke was an IFB guy, he wrote this book, Blinded by Benny, which I haven't read, but I imagine I would probably agree with 100 percent of it because Benny Hinn does blind people. It's greedy people. So what happened? Well, Greg Locke had a very public, what we call moral failing. He proved he wasn't fit to be a pastor when he divorced his wife and married his secretary. Then he really proved he wasn't a Christian when he kept on in ministry. So since he had this very public moral failure, which you can read all about at PullPit and Pen, Greg Locke, American Pastor, and the whole series of articles there. um, Any decent Christian left him. And he was already known for his viral video rants, what, what the, this target garbage is going out, What's going on here? And we need Trump to tell CNN to get, go back to Canada. You know this kind of stuff that you know working like Stone Cold, working heel. Well, he got to where he couldn't do that anymore, so he had to slide down the road to Pentecostalism. And this happens a lot, like Mark Driscoll slid down the road to Pentecostalism. So Greg Locke thought, how am I going to make money? Deliverance ministry. And he'll, I don't care about, he literally sat next to Benny Henson. I don't care about money. Money's my, no, not my motivation. You liar. <laughs> I think he's lying. I think he wanted to draw crowds. So now he's drawing crowds with Pentecostalism, and you think he's playing to people, whoever he can play to. And then you got to kind of rewind in your mind, and you think, you know what? Even when he was on paper orthodox, he was just playing to somebody. And you know the Bible even talks about about this. Paul talks about people who who preach Christ for selfish gain. And that's where you as a Christian need to sit and think, why am I consuming the Christian media that I consume? And it's real easy to sit down and condemn the people listening to fish Radio, which is playing Hillsong and Bethel Garbage, because we know why they're consuming it, because it makes them feel good. That's why. But some of you people out there, are you consuming Christian media because you like the critical stuff? Because you like the people who work heel, and you You want to see the big people fail. Is that why you're consuming it? Are you listening to just whoever confirms your biases and talks like you? Or are you listening to people who make you question things from the Bible? And that's why you need to check yourself and check your sources. And... You know, it's one of the things, like, talk about this show. Now, let me talk about how bad Julie Royce is, but now let me talk about how great I am. I always want you guys to check me. I start every show with what? A Bible chapter of you. Look, does what this guy say match up to the Bible consistently? How does he live his life? Does it match up? Because, like, Jesus talked about the Pharisees. They said some of the right things, but they didn't live their life. They were just actors. Greg Locke's an actor. I think Julie Royce is an actor. Greg Locke's definitely an actor. Hypocrite. Alright? What is their theological grounding? Where do they come from? And how much money do they want? Guys, the websites have to pay for themselves. Okay? And I'm always up front with you guys. That's why I'm not a. How often do you hear me say, well, you can support the Christian community? How often do you ask me answer? This show's free. It's free, and there's not a five-minute, hey, we need more donors on this show. Do I need more money? Yes. Look, I'm driving a... You know how much the car I'm driving is worth right now? It's worth $1,600. Carfax said, Mike, sent me an email, says, Carfax, your car's worth $1,650. Okay. Maybe if I didn't have a maid, I could afford a better car. But this show is not about getting your money. This show is about edifying you. Okay? And that's one of the reasons. <coughs> I don't try to raise money to cover the cost. I got an email today, actually. It was like, your web, your podomatic subscription payment is due. I'm like, ugh, that's a lot of money. Look for, look for how much they want your money. They're looking for whether it's pay or donations. Look for what they believe now versus what they believed 10 years ago. Have they had a theological shift? Do they, as Jordan Hall used to say, trade doctrines like Pokemon cards? Anybody notice that James White's had a theological shift into tattoo sleeve post-millennialism? Anybody notice that? I did. And then check yourself to make sure you're consuming that media for the right reasons and that you're consuming it and then it's making you a better church member where you can inform people and protect and help your church. You don't want to be watching, watching the train wreck like a reality show. You ever notice that a lot of reality shows are just kind of train wrecks for you to watch? And, you know, as Christians, we don't want to see train wrecks. Right. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Read what read that Roy's report with discernment. As always, God bless and as always remember Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. Thanks for God listening bless. to the Christian Commute. Please send your questions about Christian apologetics and theology to Seth Dunn 888 at gmail.com If you are not a Christian, please remember that you can be reconciled to God through the shed blood of His Son Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Repent of your sins now and accept Jesus as Lord. God bless.